today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Some people always have an excuse for why they can't believe in Jesus Christ. No matter what you share with them, no matter what you tell them, they always have an excuse as to why they can't believe. You know people like that. You know people who always have some kind of objection. They raise some kind of point, some objection. And even if you answer that objection, you know what they're going to do? They're going to bring up another objection. And if you answer that one, they bring up a third objection. If you're not a believer, do you have an open mind when it comes to God? When Jesus came, he ran into people who didn't. If you don't want Jesus to be the Lord of your life, you can always find a superficial excuse. If you're listening to this right now, God is calling you to believe in him. Jesus came and died for your sins so that you can be a child of God. In today's message, Pastor Dan will show you that God's ways are higher than your own and that it's not too late to put your hope and trust in God. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 11 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Jesus' message for John was, tell John the things which you hear and see that Jesus has done, that Jesus has performed. And then he gives this list of things in verse 5. And these are all miracles the Old Testament prophets said the Messiah will do when the Messiah comes. And this is how you'll be able to identify the Messiah, because he's going to work these miracles. If you're taking notes, you can jot down Isaiah 29, verse 18. I'll read it to you. In that day, the deaf shall hear the words of the book and the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness. Isaiah 35, Isaiah 35, verses four to six. Say to those who are fearful hearted, like John, say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then, when God comes, the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing, for water shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. And there's many other prophecies from the Old Testament that we could look at and mention. Jesus was doing what the prophets said the Messiah would do when the Messiah comes. He was doing those things, showing that he's the Messiah. He's the coming one. There are over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament, messianic prophecies that Jesus fulfilled that all point to who he is. In John chapter 10, verse 25, Jesus said, the works I do in my father's name, they bear witness of me, of who I am. And so Jesus says, tell John prophecy is being fulfilled. People are being healed and delivered, and cleansed, and raised from the dead. Miracles are happening. The kingdom is being proclaimed. Lives are being transformed. I'm doing the things the Messiah is supposed to do. In other words, listen, give me your attention. Please hear this. Jesus says, tell John what I am doing. Tell John what I am doing. John is stuck 
on what Jesus is not doing. You're not getting me out of prison. I've been rotting here for a year. You're supposed to set the captives free. He is stuck on what Jesus is not doing. And Jesus says, tell him what I am doing. That's an important lesson for us. Look at what Jesus is doing in your life. Instead of what he is not doing in your life. We can get focused on what he's not doing. The prayer is not answered. The circumstances haven't changed or whatever it may be. Focus instead on what Jesus is doing in your life, how he is working, because he is working in your life. This may be not the way that you want him to work or on the schedule that you want him to work. But he is working. And then he says in verse six, and this is key. Blessed is he who is not offended because of me. And the word offended here, it means to stumble or to get tripped up. If Jesus is not doing things exactly the way you think he should or hoped he would or on your schedule, don't let that stumble you. Don't let that stumble you in your walk with him. You know, for John, eventually all that John hoped for will happen. So don't let that stumble you. Continue to hope in the Lord, continue to praise him. As David writes in the Psalms, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. We'll see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. If not in this life, we'll see his goodness in heaven. When we're with Jesus. The Bible says in heaven. We will declare true and righteous are your judgments. Where we might be like John right now saying, let's go, Lord. What's the hold up, Lord? What are you waiting for? In heaven, we'll say true and righteous are your judgments. Now we look in a mirror dimly. Then we'll see him face to face. Then we'll have full knowledge and full understanding. And once we've got the whole picture, then we're going to say true and righteous are your judgment. I am confident that John is not confused about Jesus now that he's in heaven. I am sure John is no longer asking, are you the coming one? Or should I be looking for another person? All of that's been worked out. John probably has even forgotten his question. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot that I even asked him that. (laughs) Now that I've been in glory for 2000 years. So verse 7 says, now, as they departed, the disciples of John, as they leave, Jesus began to say to the multitudes, the crowd concerning John. Look what he says. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind. But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments. Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. And I believe What Jesus said here in these two verses about John made the crowd chuckle. (laughs) They laughed at this. John was not a reed shaken by the wind. He was far from it. John did not bend to pressure. John did not bend to the culture. 
John was not intimidated by the religious leaders or the government leaders. John was unwavering. John boldly proclaimed the truth. He called people to repent, even people of power, political power and religious power. John was the respecter of no person. Neither did John wear soft garments. John was not concerned with aesthetics or appearances. As you know, John wore a garment of camel's hair. He ate a diet of locusts and wild hunting. He wasn't worried about appearances at all. Verse 9, but what did you go out to see? A prophet? Did you think he was a prophet? Jesus says, yes. And I say to you, he was more than a prophet. The common people believe that John was a prophet, but the religious leaders refused to acknowledge that John was a prophet sent from God. Jesus here confirmed that John was indeed a prophet. Now watch what he says. For this is he, speaking of John, of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Jesus said John was the fulfillment of this prophecy that he quotes that's found in Malachi chapter 3, verse 1. John was the forerunner sent to prepare the way for the coming Messiah. Look at verse 11. Assuredly, I say to you, watch what it says, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. That's quite a statement. There has not risen one greater than John the Baptist among those born of women. So John the Baptist was greater than Abraham, greater than Moses, greater than David, greater than Elijah and all the prophets. And why was John the greatest? John was the greatest because all of the Old Testament prophets prophesied about the Messiah who would come. John is the only prophet who actually saw the Messiah with his own eyes. John is the only prophet who had the privilege of announcing the Messiah's arrival. John is the one who pointed to Jesus Christ and declared, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. All the other prophets were pointing to Jesus. John literally pointed to him and saw him and announced his arrival. But look at the rest of the verse. Look at verse 11. But he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John. Another incredible statement here. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are greater than John in the kingdom of heaven. Well, how can that be? Well, we have a full understanding of the atoning work of Jesus Christ. John knew that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. But John didn't live long enough to see how Jesus would take away the sins of the world. We're greater because we live this side of the cross. We live this side of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We understand that Jesus died on the cross in our place as our substitute, taking our sins upon him and paying the penalty for our sins. We understand that he was buried and the third day he was resurrected back to life. We know that our sins are forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. John didn't know that. Not only that, we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. And we enjoy the ongoing ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we have a complete 
Bible. We have a complete revelation from God in the Bible. We have the whole story. John didn't have any of these things. And so we have greater privileges than those living in the Old Testament times and greater privileges than John the Baptist. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. Now look at verse 12. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. John was thrown into prison. John will be beheaded, ultimately, for preaching the truth. Jesus will be rejected and crucified. Spoiler alert, in case you didn't know that, when we get to the end of the book, he's going to be killed, but then he's going to rise again, so it's all going to work out. It's going to have this amazing plot twist at the very end. The early believers will be persecuted. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. It faces opposition. It faces attack. That's true for every age of the church. It's still true today. But look at the second half of the verse. And the violent take it by force. The the kingdom of heaven is taken by those who aggressively lay hold to it by those who press into it. The kingdom of heaven is not apprehended by the apathetic. You know, over the last couple years with the pandemic and churches closing down, some people realize they can live without Jesus. That once the church closed down, there were people that, you know what, I can live without him. I can live without going to church. I can live without fellowship. While others realize, I can't live without Jesus. I can't live without church. I can't live without fellowship. I need to be around other believers. And for those people that came to that realization, they got more serious about their relationship with the Lord. And so you're right, I'm going to church, no matter what. No matter what they say. No matter if they tell me I can't go, I'm going. I don't care what the risk is, I'm going. I got to go. There's this taking it by force here. The violent take it by force. He goes on in verse 13. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. So John is the bridge between the Old Testament and the New Testament. The law and the prophets were until John. And if you are willing to receive it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Do you have ears? Well, hear what he's saying. He says, John is Elijah who is to come. Now, I want you to turn with me back to Malachi, which is the last book of the Old Testament. Malachi chapter 4. 
right before Matthew, Malachi chapter 4, verse 5. This is the last prophecy in the Old Testament in your Bible. So this is like God's last word in the Old Testament. And then you've got 400 years of silence and then John the Baptist bursts on the scene. So the last word in the Old Testament in your Bible. Chapter four, verse five, God says, behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse that this Last promise in the Old Testament is that Elijah will come before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And verse five, verse five alludes to both advents of Jesus Christ. The great day of the Lord is his first coming when he comes bringing salvation to mankind. The dreadful day of the Lord will be his second coming when he comes to judge mankind. And so because of this prophecy in Malachi chapter four, the Jews expected Elijah to come as the forerunner for the Messiah. They still expect Elijah to come. At their Passover meal, they set a place for Elijah at the table. And they leave the door open in case Elijah wants to come and join them at the Passover. So there's this expectation that Elijah will come. If you remember the story of Elijah, Elijah didn't die. He was taken up to heaven in a chariot of fire in 2 Kings chapter 2. And the promise in Malachi is that Elijah will come back as the forerunner for the Messiah. But back in Matthew chapter 11, Jesus said, John is Elijah who is to come if you can receive it. In Luke chapter 1 verse 17, it says that John came in the spirit and power of Elijah. He wasn't literally Elijah, but he came in the spirit and the power of Elijah, fulfilling the role of Elijah as the forerunner for the Messiah. Now, I believe that Elijah himself will actually come before Jesus Christ returns in his second coming. Many believe that Elijah will be one of the two witnesses mentioned in Revelation chapter 11. We can't say for sure. But Jesus says, John is Elijah, if you can receive it. He came to prepare the way for the Messiah. Now, look back in Matthew chapter 11, verse 16. But to what shall I liken this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their companions and saying, we played the flute for you and you did not dance. We mourned to you and you did not lament. For John came neither eating nor drinking. And they say, well, he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking. And they say, well, look, he's a glutton and a wine bibber and a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is justified by her children. Jesus compared his generation that rejected him to fussy children who cannot be satisfied with anything. He says, we played music for you and you refused to dance. We mourned and you didn't lament. In other words, nothing makes you happy. Nothing makes you happy. He goes on to say, John came neither eating and drinking. And you said, well, he's demon possessed. That's why he doesn't eat or drink. We can't listen to him. He's demon possessed. He doesn't eat or drink. Well, okay, you don't like John because he doesn't eat or drink. Well, Jesus came eating and drinking. Well, he's a glutton and a wine bibber. And he's friends with tax collectors and sinners. So, no, we can't accept him. 
Some people always have an excuse for why they can't believe in Jesus Christ. No matter what you share with them, no matter what you tell them, they always have an excuse as to why they can't believe. You know people like that. You know people who always have some kind of objection. They raise some kind of point, some objection. And even if you answer that objection, you know what they're going to do? They're going to bring up another objection. And if you answer that one, they bring up a third objection and another excuse. You've encountered that. Or you invite someone to church. Why don't you come to church with me this Sunday? Oh, Sunday's my day to sleep in. Okay, our church has a Thursday night service. Why don't you come with me a Thursday night at 7 o'clock? Oh, I work till 5.30. I won't have time to go home and have dinner before church at 7. Hey, that's okay. We've got a free dinner at our church at 6. Oh, well, I don't like driving at night. I'll pick you up. I don't want to ride in the car with you because I don't want to get COVID from you. You know, like, like what else? Some people always have an excuse. But the excuse isn't the real reason. The objections that people raise, it's just a smokescreen. The real issue is they don't want to surrender their life to Jesus Christ and make him Lord. They want to be Lord. They just don't want to say that. That sounds terrible. And so they come up with all these excuses and all these objections as to why they can't believe in Jesus Christ. But really, it's just a lordship issue. They don't want to give up control. Maybe that describes you. Maybe you're always giving excuses. You're always raising objections. You're the one that's, well, what about this? What about those people? What about, blah, blah, blah. you got all these. And you know, they're just excuses. And you just don't want to admit that you don't want to surrender control of your life to Jesus Christ. So you just keep giving excuse after excuse and objection after objection. And well, nobody can answer my objection. And that's holding me back. Well, look at the end of verse 19. It says, wisdom is justified by her children. The people who do turn to Jesus Christ and believe in him and put their faith in him and surrender to him. Guess what? They are receiving the forgiveness of their sins. They are born again. Their lives are changed. Their lives are transformed. Their families are transformed. They're set free. They're made new. And what Jesus is saying to all those people that have excuses and objections is you can't really argue with the results. Those that do turn to Christ and surrender their lives to him are made into new creations. All things are made new. Jesus works. And if you're the person that's sitting here that you've got the excuses, you've got up the objections. What about the people who've never heard of Jesus? And what about this? And how do you explain? Listen, Jesus works. Jesus will forgive your sins. Jesus will transform you. Jesus will give you a new life. He will make you a new creation. The old things will pass away. Everything is made new. Wisdom is justified by her children. Look at the results of Jesus Christ in people's lives. And you can't argue with that. Jesus works. He asked me how I know and I say Bring truer than the finest crystal You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew and he has more to share with you next time. How is what you're hearing from this book landing in your heart? If there's anything that's prompting you to seek out more questions or to ask for prayer in any way, would you be willing to give us a call and talk to us? 
Our desire is to hear your heart, pray with you, and ask for God to help you with whatever you might be wondering or thinking about. Our number is 410-491-4592. The number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. Just find our info under the About tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. And if you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to learn additional things from this first book of the New Testament. Pastor Dan has more to teach on from Matthew, and we're excited for you to join us as we continue growing. There's so much to appreciate by reading God's Word. We hope you'll tune in next time and be a part of our listening audience right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack.